Alrighty, welcome back. This is the Table for One program. I am the host, the Dungeon Master, and the player. And this is session number seven of the Sunless Citadel. So, we left off last. We defeated Grenel. She's the shaman, and she's kind of the number two in charge of all the goblins. She offered up some information. We decided to spare her life, and she kind of relayed some info to you that was kind of beneficial. She informed you that Dern, the hobgoblin, is the leader of the goblins by force, not by choice. So, she offered to help you if you were to help her. So, she kind of set up a scenario for you where she's going to give you a shot at Dern, uninterrupted by the other goblins. Um, so, you took a short rest. You were rather beat up. Everybody is at full health now, other than poor Mr. Dexter the dog. He still needs about another half hour or so of rest before he can get a short rest. So, we rolled a one, so he just needs one hour of rest. And then after that one hour, he needs an additional hour. So, you kind of took almost two hours, so not quite enough for the dog to recoup any health. But he's not dead, he just needs a little more long, a little more of a rest, and he's ready to fight. So, without further ado, I say we head into it, and you're going to be escorted to Dern by the goblins. So, here we go. See you there. The camera snakes around the poorly lit, sunken citadel until it finds the party, the halfling, a gnome, and a kobold, three of which are being escorted by a rather sketchy looking goblin. The goblin barks, orders, as it darts through the narrow corridors. Luckily, the group can speak draconic. Moments pass as the group follows closely behind the goblin until it reaches a door. There's nothing quiet about how this goblin behaves. No manners. You are now staring down what is formerly known as Goblinville. Before you even reached the door, you heard noises, laughter, overall ruckus. Now you're inside the threshold of Goblinville. What might once have been a cathedral is now a goblin lair, thick with filth of years of goblin life. Scores of wall and floor-mounted scones filled with violet glowing fungi provide illumination. Dozens of goblins go about their daily business, which involves a lot of rudeness and violence. Along the southern wall is a heaping pile of assorted items, including wagon wheels, broken armor, and rusted arms, chests, small statues, antique furniture, and artwork. Roll a perception check here. Alright, so that is enough. You... You realize quite quickly that there are a dozen goblins here, but they are not fighters. They are not warriors. They are not here to cause any mayhem in that sort. They are just commoners, goblin commoners. You have elderly, maybe some female. It's hard to tell the difference between the two. Maybe young goblins. Just in general, they're not you know, wearing armor. They're not holding weapons. They're just... Who knows what they're doing. Some of them are manning some fire pits, cooking rats. Some are just sifting through piles of chunk. Others are just fighting each other. But in general, these are not of any concern to you. Probably one hit would do them all and they'd probably start running as soon as you started fighting. A couple of them pay quick attention to you, but then they're immediately drawn somewhere else as they dart from room to room. 
actually from, you know, side to side. It's actually one large room, but there's just pelts and stuff on the ground where they sleep. It's just complete disarray here, basically. What you do notice is Grenel exiting out the northern door, and she is accompanying a hobgoblin who's dressed in armor, much like the one you fought previously. She catches your eye and nods. So with that, you gather as that little goblin who's escorting you from the room. He informs you that there's Ghost Grenel. She's taking out one of the hobgoblins. That's her contribution to this fight as she is removing one of the hobgoblins. If you remember previously, there are two hobgoblins in Dern, the leader of the hobgoblins, who is also a hobgoblin, but he's kind of the, the most beefiest of them all. So, if your information is correct, you're about ready to enter Dern's lair. It'll be just Dern and one of his assistants. So, blah, 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 blah. you now reach the door and the goblin darts away after knocking on the door. He scurries away to follow Grenel and aid Grenel in her fight against the hobgoblin. What do you do? Do you open or do you wait? You look from side to side, see that Meepo and Erky are as focused as you are, and you push open the door. You're not going to wait for it to open. You've gone too far. The room opens. You see smoke-filled dome-shaped chamber. There's a lot of ruckus going on. A circular shaft pierces the floor of this 40-foot diameter dome chamber. Dim violet light shines out of the shaft, revealing sickly white and gray vines that coat the walls of the shaft. The light is supplemented by four lit wall torches set around the chamber. A crudely fashioned stone throne sits against the curve of the northwestern wall. A large iron chest serves as a throne's footstool. A sapling grows in a wide stone pot next to the throne. Alright, I'll have you make a perception check. And you rolled a five. So, the room is filled with smoke. However, you can't help but notice at the throne, the very far end of this dome-shaped chamber, there's that big stone throne. A large humanoid sits on the throne, drinking from a chalice. His feet are kicked over the chest. He's wearing a beautiful armor chest piece and a, a group of goblin commoners are wrestling on the ground, yelling, kicking, biting each other, screaming causing quite the ruckus. They are fighting over scraps. It seems to be pleasing. Dern. To the right of Dern, there's another hobgoblin, dressed as the previous one you fought earlier. Not as not as big, a little more orange in complexion. Dern, you can tell Dern, just by the way he's sitting at that throne, like he owns the place. He's more of a gray-colored hobgoblin with kind of beady red, orange eyes. That much you can make out. And it appears as though he was barking at you to close the door. It sounds like he was thinking you were Grenel. You're about the size of a goblin, so wouldn't be wrong in presuming. Right. He's been you, Grenel. Stop. He yells once more, and his hobgoblin companion breaks up the, the wrestling commoners, and they go scurrying across the room. They kind of disperse. Dern stands up. I'm going to have you roll another perception check here. Alright, that one's a little better. 14. Dern leaps up from his throne, marches halfway across the, the chamber, comes to a stop. He has this big 
two-handed sword as he's using to kind of help propel him off the throne. He stares both of you down, all three of you down, I guess, with Meepo, and he grins. With that, you can tell he's wearing a splint armor and has the Huckreel seal on the chest piece front breastplate. And you can also tell flickering in the in the light is that gold signet ring you were to keep an eye out for when you originally set out in search of the kids. And your stomach drops as you realize the likelihood of finding two live children is not very high. I thought you were Grendel. Where is she? He grips tight his blade, and the tone of the room changes. As you can tell, combat is about to begin. Let's roll initiative. Dern swings forward his two-handed sword as he's getting ready to strike down. Erky, who rolled first, springs forward, casting Sacred Flame. A flame-like radiance descends out in front of Erky, the little gnome cleric. Make a dex save here. That is a natural one. So, you failed. The hobgoblin commander flails in agony. Smoke settles, and Dern's still standing. Erky can't help but just stare up at this large creature who is just buckling with rage. Muscles just flexing tightly down on the on the handle of his blade. Uh, well, found Darren. That will end. That will end uh, Erky's turn. So now we are going to move on to Dern. Dern steps forward and lets his long sword fly down onto the poor gnome cleric. Oh. Four. Plus four, eight. <coughs> the two-handed blade comes flying right past Erky, coming just short, maybe half an inch short, of slicing Erky down the middle, and it crashes into the ground, sending rubble, stone floor, flying throughout the air. Sparks fly as Dern drags the blade through the ground, bringing it back. You guys, shut the door behind them. <laughs> Darren commands the commoners to shut the door behind you guys, and the commoners do so as they sprint out of the room, continuing to fight over the scraps, but either way, the door behind you is now closed. <laughs> Alright, that'll take us to Meepo. Meepo sidesteps and disappears into the smoke, which is actually kind of dissipating for the most part. After you opened the door, a lot of the smoke was kind of coming out your way. But as he slides into the smoke, he grabs his sling, loads it with a rock, and lets it fly. He does have pack tactic, so he does have advantage. Alright. That is a 17. Misses. Ooh, nice. Alright, that is a 22. So that will hit. 1d4 plus 2. 3. So. I got him. As he slides into the dark. What's that? 
you'll be next. Cobalt. Get him. He barks at his hobgoblin companion to go chase down Meepo, and he returns focus on Erky Timbers, the cleric, who burnt him earlier. Alrighty, that'll take us to take us to the hobgoblin. The hobgoblin already has his longbow in his hand, knocks an arrow, scans the room, finds Meepo, and lets rip. Slides through the smoke. Jeez, another natural one. Looking out here. It is nowhere to be seen. He's not sure if he hit him. He scans the room again, finds Dern's face, and begins sprinting towards Meepo and meets him about halfway. And that will end Hobgoblin's turn. Now Dempsey's turn. Dempsey's going to focus on Dern and he's going to shoot him with his bow. Knocks an arrow on his longbow. Ting! Slides across the room after deflecting off the splint armor, leaving a dent in the hot grill seal. Oh no. Alright guys, we can do this. And he starts sliding over to Erky, trying to form up. And that will end his turn. That'll bring us back to the top of the round. Erky, who will pat Mr. Dempsey on the back and cast once more Sacred Flame on Dern. So Dern, make a dex saving throw. And that will fail. So, you get a four. And that's seven points of damage. Alright, man, that one's gonna actually hurt. That's gonna hurt quite a bit. Flames consume radiant heat, just buckles some of the leather, holding up the splint armor on Dern as the heat overcomes him. You can just see skin starting to boil as he just swings violently flailing around with a long sword hoping to make contact and Dern is very much beat up but he will not stop his pursuit causing mayhem which brings us to Dern's turn all right Dern's gonna make another swing at Erky both hands and that is a four plus the four that is an eight that will miss as you guys remember Erky's actually the beefiest guy here. He's got 16 AC at the moment. I don't you puny head. But when I do strike you down, there'll be nothing left. That takes us to Meepo's turn. He'll do the same thing he just did. He's gonna shoot towards Darren. That's a three that'll miss. Alright, there's a 10 plus the four. 14. 13. That ricochets off Dern's two-handed sword. And that will end Meepo's turn. Takes us to Hobgoblin number two. He's going to do the same thing he just did. He spots. He spots Meepo in the smoke, which is pretty much all but settled now. And this one will hit. He knocks his arrow. Brings it back. You can just tell just the, the amount of weight and strength that is needed in order to pull back this longbow. Just... Creeks. There's a 1d8. Plus 1. 3. Wow! Oh, it's doubly in the lag, guys. Meepo's oh, dead. The longbow sends the arrow flying, pierces Meepo's quad, and there it remains stuck. And that will take us to Dempsey. Dempsey's gonna do what he did before, hoping he hits this time. He's gonna attempt to take out Dern. He knows Dern is the leader, and he misses. Natural one. Oh, 
Erky, I failed you. Uh. Darren, it is me that you want. I'm the one that brought these guys here. And I'm going to be the one that will slay you. And that brings us back up to Erky's turn. Oh, come on, Dempsey. Not helping at all. Sacred Flang. That is the three. Natural three. That will fail. Um, Mr. Darren is going to be taking five points of radiant heat. He's not taking that well. Those five points of radiant damage are enough to kill Dern as he crumples in his splint armor, laying on the floor. His two-handed sword is the last to fall. That does not stop the hobgoblin, though. The last hobgoblin in the room. He continues. Meepo will turn his attention towards the goblin. He will let his sling fly. Does not have advantage. All right, that one will hit. That is three points of damage. So that takes us to the hobgoblin who fires another arrow. And that does the same thing. That one does hit, and that causes three points of damage to Meepo. Meepo's hanging in there, and that brings us to brings us to Dempsey here. With his longbow, he releases. And this time he gets an 18, which is just enough. The 18 strikes true. 11 points of damage. Whack. The arrow slides through the armor like butter. Hobgoblin turns to face Dempsey. <laughs> removes the arrow. Takes a step towards him and crumples to the ground. And that will end combat. The dust settles. All is quiet. At least in this room. Well done, Erky. You too, Meepo. Oh, don't pull that out, Meepo. Oh, got it. Meepo pulled the arrow on. Yep, he did it. You alright? Meepo, good. Some blood starts to pull out of Meepo's thigh. Or he removed the arrow. He doesn't seem to care, though. Yeah, Meepo, maybe you should not have done that. Let me take a look at you. I'm gonna look down the shaft over here. You approach the two-foot wall shaft, circular... Kind of like a well. You kind of lean up forward, gripping the edge with your hands. Pull yourself up and peer over. It's a rather long, long fall, about 80 feet. However, there are those gray, sickly vines that seem to go all the way down to the bottom. It looks like you could you could easily navigate it if needed. You could climb down there. It might be hard getting your dog down there, but you'd be able to get down there. Ugh. All right. Uh... Maybe when Grenel gets back, we'll discuss another way down. Can't see how we're going to get Dexter down there easily. I used most of my rope. All right. Hey, Erky, can you do me a favor? Can you start looking over those? At least look over the hobgoblin. As you say that, you approach Dern, who is slain, laying out in the middle of the floor. Hmm. That's not good news. I'm pretty sure this is the signet ring I was supposed to find. You pull it off. You hold in your hand the gold signet ring. Yeah, it's got the real crest right there. Hmm. Uh, same with the splint armor. You run your hand across the, the chest piece of the splint armor. It too has the same seal as what's engraved in the ring. You spend a minute or so removing the armor piece, and you set it aside. Any luck over there, Erky? Yeah, 
Here. I got two silver earrings. Each are set with, looks like, moonstone. Hold on to those. Um, hey, Meepo, can you do me a favor? Can you start maybe tying together the split armor? I'm going to have to carry this out one way or another. It's not super heavy. It's just going to be rather awkward. After you do that, Meepo, if you could, um, yeah, just continue doing that, please. At this point, the door opens behind you. In walks Grenel. Grenel alone. She's holding a severed hobgoblin head. She throws it on the ground. Good, good. No casualties. Well done, small ones. Small, we're about the same height. What is up with these cowards? Alright, we fulfilled our end of the bargain. Now, call up the goblins that are down below. We wish to head down there. Where, where's the best way to get down there? And then you hold up the signet ring. Who was wearing this? You know who was wearing that. The boy. She looks over the party. Darren captured the children some time ago. It's a boy's job to bring prisoners down to Balak. But he has anger issues. As she smiles, hovering over the corpse of Dern. Anyway, he held on to the boy, slayed him here, took his armor, the ring, all his possessions. What's left is probably in that chest there. She points to the throne, and right below the throne, kind of like a footstool, there's a large iron chest. Hmm. What's the best way down? And what about the girl? Any word on them? This is the only way down. Unfortunately, the girl's alive. It would have been a more humane death to die up here by turn. If you thought we were wicked up here, you'll find no relief below. I will call off the goblins below, but their minds have been twisted by the lock. There's nothing left of them. They are consumed only by dark magic now, toiling away with poisons, alchemy, spells. If you find goblins down below, they are hostile. You give them a reason to cut your throat. They will do it without hesitation. But their minds are gone thanks to the power of Balak and his wicked spells. The goblins have their tasks to perform. They're down there cultivating plants, little Gathias trees. As she points to the potted plant near Dern's throne. At that point, it starts to wiggle and removes, almost like it's a living creature. The, the, the twig removes its roots from the soil and hops down. It lowers its limbs, almost like hands, and reveals two needle-like ends, one on the left, one on the right. It starts inching towards the party. Whoa, what is that? A Gelfias tree. She scoops it up with her hand. It squeals as much as a twig can squeal, and she casts it into the smoldering cooking fire. It smolders and rolls around in the fire until it's snuffed out. It doesn't look any different now that it's dead. It's just no longer moving. <laughs> All right. Um, how, did, how does this happen? These are what become of the fruit we send to the village of Oakhurst. And those fools spread them year after year, just as Brock wants. Hmm. Alright, so 
Hey, Meepo, can you do me a favor? Can you go run down there and get Dex? And, uh, bring him back if he's doing good. Oh, uh, Meepo. The dark. See ya. He opens the door. Actually, it's already kind of open. He just kind of squeezes through. So what's... Whatever do you expect down there? And what about the kobolds? Now that we helped you overthrow Dern, what are you going to do? Meepo's done nothing but help. Even though you give him no reason to. We are free now. Thanks to you. No longer bound to Malak. We shall leave. Stay, we would like to. I want the kobolds find out how low our numbers are. They too will enslave us. I'm going to unite the rest of the Gerbaluk tribe. We're going to head out, I think, in common, you say, to the Mirror of Dead Men, the Swamp. And on our way there, we'll reunite the tribes. We'll start over. Somewhere safer. Away from cold bones. Away from Balak. There's no chance you succeed down below. But I'll give you all the info I have. Roll a deception check here. Alright, 15. Everything she said so far, you believe it to be true. Alright, well, I like where this is going. However, it took you forever to give us this info, now that you are completely surrounded. What's stopping us from just killing you right now? Easy, Erky, we're alright. Hey, unless you forgot, she's the one that tortured me and kept me in that cage for months. I'm not letting her go this easy. Fair enough, Bleached. Fair enough. She eludes something off of Dern. Like she knew where I was there the whole time. Underneath his belt, there's a small little pouch. And she removes a key. There you are, Priest. I'll open that chest. You can have everything in there. Run along. Yeah. Yeah, huh? Uh, okay. Now, answer my friend's questions here. What are we to expect down below? Yeah, we need to know if we can if we can do this. You sure this is the only way down? These vines? You're wasting precious time. Malak will send out his creatures to find you. And hunt you down. Just below this floor, there is a hunter. A bugbear. He heads the Underdark, retrieves food. He feeds the trees, the twig blights. His name is Balsag. Rather large bugbear. He has two rats. If you thought the ones up here were large, you'll be, you'll be shocked. They go by the name Grip and Fang. When you reach the lower level, he has a little hut. Sleeping quarters. Maybe he's not there, he's wandering around. His job is to find intruders. Other than that, the goblins, like I warned you, if you leave them alone, they shouldn't bother you. Just follow the halls, stay away from the, the rift, the dirt. For the most part, everything down below is kind of doing their tasks. If you leave them alone, they might not bother you. Once you reach the Gothias tree, be careful. Everything there is hostile. You'll find his pet, and all those he enslaved. And here, she hands you two... She hands you two vials of anti... antitoxin. What are these for? Is it a cure poisons? Yes. Just in case. You know, before Balak got here, there were other residents. Creatures that live in the dark. What does that mean? It's awfully cryptic. Roll a deception check. That's a 19... What are you hiding from us? And why did you give us these antitoxins? Are these for the rats? You'll find out soon enough. Listen to my words, though. Stay away from the rift. Good luck. Well, I think it's time you show yourself out. 
Gather your people. And leave. She exits. The room. Now lefty loosey righty tighty. Let me do that, Meepo. At this point, Erky has opened up the chest. Whoa. Dempsey. Number one, good thing we have the key. This thing is booby-trapped. Ooh, that is a big needle. Uh, look in here, though. Oh, wow. There's no way we can carry all that out. You grab up, like a grapefruit-sized gem. Black onyx. There's two of them. If you were to spend the time counting everything here, you would have 231 gold pieces and two gems, two onyx gems, valued at 30 each. So, you almost have 300 gold worth of material here. And then you got the two earrings, those are 20 gold each. You have the splint armor and the ring, which you don't plan on selling, you have to return those. They're worth more if you return them to, to the general store owner, Mrs. Huckreel. At this point, in walks Meepo riding Dexter the dog. Really, Meepo, get off him. He's supposed to be nursing his wounds. <laughs> hey, Dex. You got a new master now? That's not funny, Erky. Get off him, Meepo, please. What? Meepo like your dog. He's nice. He feels better. We both do. Uh, you're still bleeding, Meepo. You need to bandage that up. Hey, come here, Dex. Boy. I guess this really does seem like the only way down, Meepo. You, you okay with that? Yeah. I don't know anything really past this area. Oh, good news, Meepo. And the goblins are leaving, so if you run into to Eustriel, you can just inform her that she doesn't have to worry about these goblins apparently anymore. However, I say we start packing up here, guys. Sorry, Erky, we're going to have to return for that gold. You can take as much as we possibly can, but I can't see us being able to carry out all that loot. Well, I'll, I'll figure that part out. You you guys get bandaged up. I'm gonna, even if we all have to carry, you know, a third of this loot. Or Dexter, how much can Dexter carry? He's got those saddlebags. Alright. Erky, give me the rest of the rope. Meepo, you two. I'm not worried about us climbing down there. It's more just lowering, just lowering Dexter. So you spend time getting all the loot together. You have the splint armor tied to you. It's on your back, attached to your backpack. Um, as far as I can tell right now, you, you guys do have enough. You do have the ability to carry all that weight with the, the coin. So at this point, you can just add that to your inventory. I'll, re I'll uh, go back and look it over again if I'm wrong. But as of now, I'll let you guys carry all that loot. So you're going to have to make some rolls whether or not you can get down this 80 feet safely. So let's do it. About an hour passes. I'll give you guys a short rest for those that need it. I think only Meepo needed it. So he'll roll for some hit dice. At that time, Erky's lined his pockets to the brim and distributed some of the coin. He is basically a pinata. If you were to get hit, he's just going to explode with gold pieces. You tie all the rope you have, which is about, about 60 feet of rope is what you have. And it's an 80 foot drop. You're going to have to make a strength check at one point. Everyone else can get down without any problem, but you are going to make a strength check. So let's say you're able to lower them all 60 feet down to the ground as you kind of scale these vines. Everyone else has made their way about halfway down. And you have me, you have uh, Dexter hovering about 20 feet above the ground. Make a check. All right, that is a two. Not good. You have a negative one for strength. So. You are not able to hold on. You lose your footing on the well as you're kind of, you know, twisting off of it. <laughs> the rope slides through your hands and falls. <laughs> down goes Dexter, down to the ground, the lower level. So you take 1d6 bludgeoning damage per 10 feet, so 
two d6s. Let's see. Five points of damage. All right. So that does not kill the dog. Oh, no. Guys, dex, dex, doe. You peer down below. He appears fine. He's limping a little bit, but he's, he's not dead, and he's relatively staying kind of quiet. And as you were mid-yell, you kind of put your fingers over your mouth to kind of muffle the noise. Guys, what did... Is Dex all right? Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's... He's okay. Don't worry. Oh, gosh. Um, you start scaling the luminescent vines, the gray, white, sickly-looking vines. They almost look like they're, they're wet. They're a little bit attackiness to them, so it's not like you're having a difficulty scaling the, the vines. You lower yourself all the way down. You reach the lower level. You're now on solid ground. Feels like you're on dirt. Dexter is doing fine. You hold him tight. Luminescent fungus shedding violet light cling to the walls and ceilings of this wide cavern. The air is damp and chilly with the odors of loam and decay. A layer of earth mixed with rotting vegetation and the remains of cave animals cover the floor. Several varieties of mushroom and fungi grow, as well as a few saplings. It's almost like you are in a small little farm plot. Make a perception check. Fifteen. The rest of your party lowers down. Hey Dex, you alright? Sorry Dempsey dropped you. You look okay. Ooh, what are those? Shh. You notice two skeletons and two mature twig blights. The trees, those little saplings that you saw up above, or the one sapling you saw, you see two of those, but a little larger. And you see a couple robed skeletons. They are tending to the garden. One has a wheelbarrow, seems to just be pacing back and forth. One is using a shovel. He's just spreading compost. Twig blights are kind of roaming around the garden. And at this point in time, they don't seem to really pay any attention to you. They may, they may be aware of your presence, they just don't seem to care. Like Grenel said above, a lot of these creatures down here just have a task to do. Alright, don't think they mean us any harm, as long as we leave them alone. Um, once you look past the skeletons and the couple of twig blights, you see an opening to the left, north left. You see a door kind of to the north, east, and then... To your right, there's another opening. There's really one door to, like, continuations of this sunken cave, basically. I say we just go clockwise. Follow me, guys. Uh, do your best to avoid pissing off these skeletons. And remember, keep an eye out for fruit. A big tree. Uh, uh, we're finding more of these twig blades. I think we're getting closer. You pull out your enchanted candle that you found on the shrine earlier. And you use it to light your way. Though the place is relatively lit with all the luminescent fungi growing, it doesn't hurt to have additional light. And even with that light, those creatures seem to ignore your presence. A moment goes by and you are approaching the, the first opening in the cavern basically. And you turn behind to make sure the rest of your group is there. Erky, what are you doing? Knock it off! At this point, you see Eriki Timbers. He's pushing one of the skeletons. He's standing in the middle of the, the plot, plot of soil and plants. And one of the skeletons that's basically walking from point A to point B, pushing forward a, a wheelbarrow. The skeleton stumbles to his left. 
gets upright again and continues pushing the wheelbarrow. Look, they're brain dead. Unfazed, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to be so quiet. I think we're fairly safe here. Get over here, Erky. I'd expect that from, from Meepo. No offense, Meepo. Uh, Meepo don't care. That's why I like you, Meepo. Easy going. Get over here, Erky. At this point, you push forward into the opening of the cave. Best way to describe it, basically. At this point, the floor of this rough cavern is stained and smells of blood and animal musk. Light from glowing fungus reveals the eastern niche, which holds a pallet of matted furs, a wide wooden board on which a variety of weapons are affixed, and a great cloak of patchy black fur hung on a slender pole. To the edge of the niche are two large nests made of hair, dry fungus, and refuse. Uh-oh. I believe this might be the bugbear's hideout. So hear that, Erky? Keep your eyes peeled. No more skeletons in here. You begin inspecting the area. You find basically a table turned on its side and a bunch of mounted weapons, a longsword, spears, and then to the right of it, there's just a bunch of well, they're weapons that are just kind of stacked in a pile, leaning up against the cavern wall. It doesn't take much for you to figure out that those two nests on the ground are, in fact, rat nests of unusually large size. Hey guys, I don't think we should hang around here too much. This thing's going to get back here any minute. I don't want to give it a, any reason to, to pursue us. I'm sure we've disturbed this area enough just walking on here, I'm sure. We're leaving an, enough of a scent behind for those hounds to find us. You know what, I don't have to agree with you on that one, Mr. Dempsey. Let's say we move on. After all, Grenell said that he's a hunter. He uses, uses the Underdark to supply food for the goblins and creatures down here. Mm, I'm sure going this way, straight ahead, is, is where he's at hunting currently. Looks like it continues to go down, down, down. So let's just head back to the field. Alright, you too, Dex. Let's go. Dex is sniffing one of the rat nests. All right, Meepo, let's press on. You exit the area and you continue into the field. You go back the same way you came. You, you hug the wall. You are avoiding the door and you're heading to the other side of the opening and continue down the cavern path. You continue moving your way, doing a right-hand search. Your feet squish above the fungus and rich soil and you continue down the path you head into the opening and it's almost like a narrow tunnel as you work your way through a few hundred feet go by there's no longer luminescent fungus lighting the path and it's dark as all can be you pull out your candle once more after putting it away when you're inside the nests in order to avoid giving away your position and catching one of the rat nests on fire. Anyway, you pull it out and you continue walking forward. It begins getting a little windy here. The candle starts to flicker. It becomes increasingly difficult to see. You start catching your feet on various items. Sticks, string feels like, just roots gripping under your feet. The whole party starts to slow down and you stop for a moment. You look down at your feet, and a few yards ago, you were stepping on old tile. But now it appears you're no longer on tile. And you look up, and the floor 
has completely given off and fallen through about five feet to the ground. And there appears to be a, like a 10 foot rift throughout the tile, like a cavern. Just kind of ripped through this walkway. And past that 10 feet sinkhole that stretches throughout, as far as you can see, the corridor continues. Huh. Well, unless this looking like this is what Grenell was telling us about, not, not to venture over to the rift. Ugh, I'm so sick of these vines. What do you guys think? Should we keep moving on? I don't trust a word she said. And I don't understand why she gave us those antitoxins. Probably poison. Probably give us poison, actually. Yeah, we're gonna continue on. I... I she didn't... We should've killed her. She, we really got the raw end of that deal. What did she do for us? We had to kill off, like, half her people. She killed one hobgoblin. So yeah, I'm moving on. Get to these vines. Can't see a thing, though. Alright. You drop down to the rift. It was only a two-foot drop. You trudge on forward. It becomes even more and more difficult to keep that candle lit, even though it's a candle that appears to never go out. It's not really providing much light at all. And you reach the little lip to the next side. Farty pushes on forward. However, you're having a very difficult time getting through these vines. And as you're trying to pull yourself up, you set the candle on the ledge. And at this point in time, I'll have your roll of perception check. Alright, 12. You hear some rustling around far, far down the pathway that you just climbed up on. And you look at your hands. Those were no vines you were pulling on to help you get over the ledge. They were spider webs. I think it's time to head out. Your candle is set on the ledge. It is dancing in the wind as the flame is getting sucked in towards the tunnel, you begin to hear footsteps of a creature much, much larger than yourself. You attempt to snuff out your candle. At this point, it's probably doing more harm than good. All it is doing is shining a light on your location. Basically, it's just lighting up your faces. The candle's light shifts forward with the wind. And at that moment, you spot a set of eyes. The candlelight flickers even faster, periodically lighting up. What's ahead? You spot the beast hanging from the ceiling. This thing has to be the size of a grizzly bear at this point. It has milky white complexion, almost translucent exoskeleton. It's hard to fully tell where it begins and where it ends as the light is moving from side to side you lose track of where the beast is you draw out your hand axe and you grab the collar of dexter as you prepare for the worst and that's going to end this session next round we'll pick up making some saving throws to see who's stuck in the webs and we'll make initiative rolls as combat is bound to begin. As the party takes on a giant spider. So overall that was a good that was a good session. We got some stuff done. We are now at the final level of the Citadel. We're in the Grove level. Defeated Dern. Um, that could have went two ways. I mean it wasn't supposed to be super difficult since last session it was a very long combat round. So I kinda wanted to 
make quick work of this one. But I think doing those sacred flames really kind of helped speed things along. Wasn't really how I thought it was going to go, but you were able to avoid that AC of 19 just by making them do some saving throws. So that was kind of the, the MVP that round, Turkey. And if you would have landed a blow, I mean, he has the ability to make basically two big attacks. So it's just how things rolled out. But uh, overall, moving the story forward. So I'm looking forward to, to wrapping this thing up. I want to finish this campaign, but I also want to do it justice. I want to not necessarily avoid everything. Definitely got a lot of combat out of that first level of the Citadel. So I look forward to next week as we attempt to escape the clutches of a giant spider. We'll see how this goes. Bye-bye.